brother, better friend Put myself back together again Cause I still got a couple loose ends And I got pretty lucky, made a whole bunch of money But I don't feel any better yet So I'm trying to do the best I can To be a better me, a better man Hey everybody, welcome to uh, episode 7 of this series, but I think like episode 33 or 34 or 35, which is cool. I've done 7 of these in a row. I've not stuck to something 7 days in a row, I think maybe in my whole life. But, um, uh, I had a fun day today. I met up with Brad Myers. We went toy hunting and I dropped off a gift with uh, Ben Ortman's because it was his birthday yesterday. Let me just... It was his birthday yesterday, so I wanted to give him a... Uh, I mentioned it yesterday, actually. Uh, we went to B&K Collectibles. Fuck, they have too many Funko Pops that I... I can't say I need, but I really want, and I complete some collections. But, uh... I'm gonna read, like, a whole mini-chapter from... Uh, I'm currently reading... Uh, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People... And, uh, it actually plays into a story of today, uh, but hold on one second, let me just make sure I have the proper, uh, the proper section of this book so there isn't a bunch of downtime. So, I'm just gonna read through this, uh, I highly recommend getting this book, it's pretty cheap at most stores, it was on sale at Walmart a couple months ago. But, uh, so yes, I'm basically gonna just read a chapter... And kind of chop this up a little bit. Uh, a little pretense. It's he brings up um, he brings up character ethic and personality ethic. I'm literally only thirty pages into this, and um, character ethic is like at your core to become a better person, to care about people's feelings or what directly affects you because you want to care. As opposed to a personality ethic, which you only care about what other people think of you, and that's the only reason you do anything good, is for them to think you're a good person, which, at some point, the walls will come down. I think that is a quote in this in this uh, chapter, but uh, yeah, so I'm going to hop through it. There's like four different metaphors, and I fucking love metaphors. But before we continue, I want to give a... Uh, a brief shout out to Danielson for uh, he actually messaged me uh, and explained to me he sent me a playlist of good music which I'm listening to in the background right now. Uh, Invincible from the Spider Man Into the Spider Verse soundtracks playing, which uh, maybe I'll get high and watch Spider Verse uh, tonight. Or actually, no, I'm gonna go sleep, wake up, do some laundry, watch that, and then go to training tomorrow. Yeah, that sounds like a decent plan. Uh, but yeah, so he mentioned how, uh, cause I've, I think I've mentioned acid a little bit recently and I've done it. I don't know how much more I'm going to do of it cause, uh, circumstances, but, uh, I'd never had a bad actual experience. I've had like, it's strong, but it made me face the demons I needed to face and think of stuff. And he brought up how a lot of therapists, uh, brought up ketamine being a good use of, uh, Therapeutic, you, uh, therapeutic, oh, I hate fucking talking out of my ass, um, but he, uh, sent me a voice message to explain it, but he created a nice little playlist out of 
happy songs and making feel good trippy music and uh yeah and then he also gave me two sources one's called uh together all which is like a sounding off board for people and uh mood gym which i want to i want to talk to uh daniel on the podcast because it's someone else with mental health uh struggles and it's a different insight i know a lot of fans have it and they communicate and that's how they relate to some of us but like there's a difference between saying you have mental health issues or you're a shitty person versus actually trying to improve and get better I'm just looking over at this Pinocchio pop that I, I I've bought so much shit that I don't even remember buying. I can't wait when the, when I start on my Patreon, I get to do monthly giveaways. I like buying stuff for my friends, so the fact that there might be like a little survey in the Patreon of what shit you like that because I'll have your addresses and stuff, I can just send you random stuff. Uh, or if I see you at shows, I'm like, I knew you'd be here, so I got you this cool Hey Arnold Funko pop. Oh my god, I just realized I have a Hey Arnold Funko Pop, and I almost bought one. Okay, I need to, like, itemize list all my shit. Anyways, on to the chapter. Uh, this episode... This episode will be titled Paradigms, because here's the thing. We all know the term paradigm shift just means a change, but how many of us are stupid and don't know what it actually, what a paradigm actually is? And luckily, reading this chapter, I'm like, oh shit. I love so many of these uh, of these songs on his playlist because they're just songs I like. Dance Monkey by Tones and I is playing right now. I fucking love that song. Or this song. But, uh, yeah, so this chapter, I think it literally is still like the introduction of the book. But I want to hop around. I'm sorry that this, this episode has turned into an audiobook. The Power of a Paradigm. The seven habits of highly effective people embody many of the fundamental principles of human effectiveness. These habits are basic. They are primary. They represent the internalization of correct principles upon which enduring happiness and success are based. But before we can really understand these seven habits, we need to understand our own paradigms and how to make a paradigm shift. Uh, this book was written over 25 years ago, I believe this is the 25th anniversary edition. Uh, the first printing was in, if I find the copyright here, so many quotes of people being like, this is, this book saved my life, etc, etc. Where is, can't believe I, I forgot to write my, uh, yes, it was first published in 1989, so like. 31 years ago now. Whew. I can't believe I forgot to write. I, I weirdly write my names on the inside of my books and uh, write when I start them because I don't finish a lot of my books. But back to the reading. Both the character ethic and the personality ethic are examples of social paradigms. The word paradigm comes from the Greek. It was originally a scientific term and is more commonly used today to mean a model, theory, perception, assumption, or frame of reference. In the more general sense, it's the way we see the world. Not in terms of our visual sense of sight, but in terms of perceiving, understanding, and interpreting. I feel like I'm in grade 7 history reading again, and finding out about like Sir John A. MacDonald and shit. Do not remember any of that. Black Plague, though? That was my shit in grade 4. Metaphor example number 1. For our purposes, 
A simple way to understand paradigms is to see them as maps. We all know that the map is not the territory. A map is simply an explanation of certain aspects of the territory. That's exactly what a paradigm is. It is a theory, an explanation, or model of something else. Suppose you want to arrive at a specific location in central Chicago. A street map of the city would be a great help to you in matching your destination, in reaching your destination. But suppose you were given the wrong map. Through a printing error, the map labeled Chicago was actually a map of Detroit. Can you imagine the frustration, the ineffectiveness of trying to reach your destination? You might work on your behavior. You could try harder, be more diligent, fuck, double your speed, but your efforts would only succeed in getting you to the wrong place faster. You might work on your attitude. You could think more positively. You still wouldn't get to the right place, but perhaps you wouldn't care. Your attitude would be so positive, you'd be happy wherever you were. Uh, was actually a map of Detroit. So, in this metaphor, you're in Chicago, but you have a map of Detroit. I don't know if I went over that. The point is, you'd still be lost. The fundamental problem has nothing to do with your behavior or your attitude. It has everything to do with you having a wrong map. And if you have, uh, if you... If you have the right map of Chicago, then diligence becomes important. And when you encounter frustrating obstacles along the way, then attitude can make a real difference. But the first and most important requirement is the accuracy of the map. Each of us have many, many maps in our head, which can be divided into two main categories. Maps of the way things are or realities. And maps of the way things should be or values. We interpret everything we experience through these mental maps. We seldom question their accuracy. We're usually even unaware that we have have them. We have them. We simply assume that the way we see things is the way they really are or the way they should be. And our attitudes and behaviors grow out of those assumptions. The way we see things is the source of the way we think and the way we act. Before going any further, I invite you to have an intellectual and emotional experience. Take a few seconds. Okay, so there's a uh, a couple pictures in the book that you have to flip through, and it's the experiment was uh, one half of the room saw one photo, and it's a uh, a minimalist drawing of a woman, but they saw one with some more detail. Uh, the other half of the classroom saw some with even more de- or more detail, but different details, and then there's one that at its base core, the same image just without the details and. They needed to describe to the other side of the room what they saw, and just miscommunication arises, etc., etc., and almost turns into downright war of, how do you see that? Because I saw this, etc., etc., but... Do-do-do, Also show I do wholesomeness if we talk and walk differently than we see. Do-do-do. Uh, do, 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 but this is not the case, do, and a fast, okay, and it's basically two individuals realizing that the other one sees something differently, but, the power of a paradigm shift, not trademarked by John Moxley, perhaps the most important insight to be gained from the 
perception demonstration is an area of paradigm shifting. What we might call the aha, or the, this is Brennan Caulfield's terms, the come to Jesus moment, or the sober moment. Uh... The aha experience when someone finally sees the composite picture in the other way, the more bound a person is by the initial perception, the more powerful the aha experience is. It's as though a light were suddenly turned on inside. The term paradigm shift was introduced by Thomas Kuhn in his highly influential landmark book, The Structure of Scientific Revolutions. Kuhn shows how almost every significant breakthrough in the field of scientific endeavor is first a break with tradition, with old ways of thinking, with old paradigms. For Ptolemy, Ptolemy, I don't know this word, P-T-O-L-E-M-Y, if Kingdom James ever listened to this, I'm sure he'll be like, he, you're an idiot, Brendan, Brendone. Uh, the great, but he's a great Egyptian astronomer. The Earth was the center of the universe for him. But Copernicus created a paradigm shift and a great deal of resistance and persecution as well by placing the sun at the center. Suddenly, everything took on different interpretation. The Newtonian model of physics was a clockwork paradigm and is still the basis of modern engineering. But it was partial, incomplete. The scientific world was revolutionized by the Einsteinian paradigm, the, relatively, the relativity paradigm which had much higher predictive and explanatory value. Until the germ theory was developed, a high percentage of women and children died during childbirth, and no one could understand why. In military skirmishes, more skirmishes, more men were dying from small wounds and diseases than the major traumas on the front lines. But as soon as the germ theory was developed, a whole new paradigm, a better, improved way of understanding what was happening... Made dramatic, significant medical improvement possible. Not all paradigm shifts are in positive directions. As we have observed, the shift from the character ethic to the personality ethic had drawn us away from the very roots that nourish true success and heaven. Basically, the he did an experiment. Uh, Stephen R. Covey did an experiment and his son just wasn't being successful in his sports team or in school and it's because him and his wife had these standards for him that weren't unique to him it was you should be the top scorer you should begin this grade instead of like embracing who he really was and letting him live his true life uh okay but whether they shift us in a positive or negative directions whether they instantaneously or developmental paradigm shifts move us from one way of seeing the world to another and these shifts create powerful change our paradigms correct or incorrect are the sources of our attitudes and behaviors and ultimately our relationships with others his example i remember a mini paradigm shift i experienced one sunday morning on a subway in new york people were sitting quietly some reading newspapers some lost in thought some resting with their eyes closed. It was calm. It was a peaceful scene. Then suddenly, a man with his children entered the subway car. The children were so loud and rambunctious that instantly the whole climate changed. The man sat down next to me and closed his eyes, apparently oblivious to the situation. The children were yelling back and forth, throwing things, even grabbing people's papers. 
It was very disturbing. And yet, the father sitting next to me did nothing. It was difficult not to feel irritated. I cannot believe that he could be so insensitive as to let his children run wild like that and do nothing about it, taking no responsibility at all. It was so easy to see what everyone else on the subway felt irritated too. So finally, with what I felt was unusual patience and restraint, I turned to him and said, Sir, your children are really disturbing a lot of people. I wonder if you couldn't control them a little more? The man lifted his gaze as if to come to consciousness of the situation for the first time and said softly, Oh, you're right. I guess I should do something about it. We just came back from the hospital where their mother died about an hour ago. I don't know what to think, and I guess they don't know how to handle it either. Can you imagine what I felt at that moment? My paradigm shifted. Suddenly, I saw things differently. And because I saw differently, I thought differently. I felt differently. I behaved differently. My irritation vanished. I didn't have to worry about controlling my attitude or my behavior. My heart was filled with the man's pain. Feelings of sympathy and compassion flowed freely. Your wife just died? Oh, I'm so sorry. Can you tell me about it? What can I do to help? Everything changed in an instant. Many people experience a similar fundamental shift in thinking when they face a life-threatening crisis and suddenly see their priorities in a different light, or when they suddenly step into a new role, such as that of husband or wife, parent or grandparent, manager or leader. We could spend weeks, months, even years laboring with the personality ethic, trying to change our attitudes and behaviors and not even begin to approach the phenomenon of change that occurs spontaneously when we see things differently. It becomes obvious that if we want to make relatively minor changes in our lives, we can perhaps appropriately focus on our attitudes and behaviors. But if we want to make significant quantum change, we need to work on our basic paradigms. In the words of Thoreau, for every thousand hacking at the leaves of evil, there is one striking at the root. We can all achieve quantum improvements in our lives as we quit ha hacking at the leaves of attitude and behavior and get to work on the root, the paradigms from which our attitudes and behaviors flow. Paradigms are powerful because they create the lens through which we see the world. The power of a paradigm shift is the essential power of quantum change. Whether the shift is in an... Is... In a Fuck. An instantaneous or a slow and deliberate process. Uh, the principle-centered paradigm. The character ethic is based on the fundamental idea that there are principles that govern human effectiveness. Natural laws in the human dimension that are just as real, just as unchanging, and unarguably there as laws such as gravity are in the physical dimension. An idea of the reality and the impact of these principles can be captured in another paradigm-shifting experience as told by Frank Koch in Proceedings, the magazine of the Naval Institute. So this is another story. Two battleships assigned to the training squadron had been at sea on maneuvers in heavy weather for several days. I was serving on the lead battleship and was on watch on the bridge as the night fell. The visibility was poor with patchy fog, so the captain remained on the bridge, keeping an eye on all activities. Shortly after dark, the lookout on the wing of the bridge reported, Light! Bearing on the starboard bow! Is it steady or moving astern? 
the captain called out. Lookout replied, Steady, Captain! Which meant we were on a dangerous collision course with that ship. The captain then called to the signal man, Signal that ship! We are on a collision course! Advise you change course 20 degrees! Back came a signal. Advisable for you to change course 20 degrees! The captain said, Send, I'm a captain, change course 20 degrees. I'm a seaman, second class, came the reply. Which, by the way, I'm assuming is through, like, Morse code. Um. I'm a seaman, second class, came the reply. You had better change course 20 degrees. By that time, the captain was furious. He spat out, send... I am a battleship. Change course 20 degrees. Back came the flashing light. I'm a lighthouse. We change course. The paradigm shift experienced by the captain and by us as we read the, read or listen on my podcast, this account, puts the situation in a totally different light. We can see a reality that is superseded by his limited perception, a reality that is as critical for us to understand in our daily lives as it was for the captain in the fog. Principles are like lighthouses. They are natural laws that cannot be broken. As Cecil D. Cecil B. DeMille observed in the principles contained in this monumental movie, The Ten Commandments, it is impossible for us to break the law. We can only break ourselves against the law. So, uh, I'll wrap up the readings from there. But basically that whole, you can't break the law, we can only break ourselves against the law, it's, the law isn't really... Hey, don't steal. The laws, hey, don't be a shitty person. But uh, those are all principles and such. But my experience is when I look at this, it's I had one friend that was so concerned that they weren't being used at this one promotion. And they asked someone that helps with those shows, not even involved on the actual show, just helps in the booking side. Why doesn't this person want to book me? And they just replied with, well, I don't know. That's their prerogative. And they replied, well, I'm getting booked everywhere else. And like, why? I just want to wrestle there. And uh, I will honestly say it with Josh Alexander. And Josh just said, hey, sometimes people don't like you and they just don't like you. They don't need a reason. They just don't. And that's the thing with people. It's unless you specifically ask someone their opinion of you, which I've done on the early days of this podcast, which I don't know if it was smart or dumb, but uh, I, I don't know if I'm... I keep calling myself dumb, but it might actually be like a social in- inadequacy that I have. But it benefits me and I get to learn new things about people and I'm open to talk to people. But my personal experience actually came with this today where I will constantly think, why doesn't everyone else feel angry about this? Why doesn't everyone else want there to be a change? Why do I have to be the face that has to like bum rush forward and be the leader? And it's I read that quote. A thousand people hacking at the leaves of evil. That doesn't mean they're not good. They're just focusing on there. But you have the one person hacking at the root. And I do, I'm not going to try to like pat myself on the back, but I do always look at situations and ask why. Why did we get here? How did we get here? Et cetera, et cetera. And my friends and I consider my friends family, they are hacking at evil. It's just they're hacking at the leaves when you need to take down the whole fucking system. I believe in the wrestling world with all the speaking out stuff happening that 
Mark AP, who runs C4 in Ottawa, great promotion. Check them out on IWTV. He mentioned we need to stop glorifying the antics of our uh, of the ones before us. And it's like, hey, Ric Flair flashed people on a plane in the 70s and 80s. Oh, yeah, that's funny. But I believe that there is a an old guard that fucked up. They did all these horrible things. They got, rid- they got away with so much stuff because it's a brotherhood. And then the new guard was taught by those guys, hey... This is what we do. And for the most part, that middle guard, like, these people that trained me, that I looked up to as mentors, peers, I asked them for their advice. And it's not their fault. Most of them didn't do horrible shit, which I'm happy about. Ontario has not been blown up by this because I'm not going to lie. I think that there will be a lot of locker room fights if what people are posting on social media about fuck this rapist, fuck that guy. It's like, if you actually feel that way, there are going to be fights. But a lot of people are going to talk their game online and not say it in their face. There was a situation of a a dude that got outed and, and such, and he was hanging out at a show in, I believe, Georgia that uh, a couple of people were furious about, but it showed the character of others. But my other experience about that on the the paradigm shift of point of view, everyone's life story is different. They arrive at whatever place they are from what ever reason i believe patrick uh young miles in his story brought up uh in his episode when we talked people just being lucky and sure that's right place right time but we shouldn't consider lucky as just a good thing or unlucky as a bad thing and people do bring up bad luck as well my luck it's hey if you're in a shitty situation like I've grown up in, as uh, if you go back to the Archdeacon episode, that I really bear my soul in that. And it's going through that, though, made me realize that life is hard and I could relate and be compassionate and sympathetic towards other people. That when I'm at wrestling and there's kids 10 years younger than me, 7 years younger than me, and I get to help them out, and like if any of them are feeling down, uh, I talked to Ben about this. I don't know if it actually aired on his podcast, but... Tid was the guy, Sean Gibson told me that Tid's the type of guy that if you have a a bad, if you're not giving it all at training, he'll tell you to step your fucking game up, but also if he can tell something's wrong, he'll pull you to his side, pat you on the shoulder, give you a hug, ask you what's wrong, and that's something that Josh Alexander does, that's something that I've taken away that I've done with safe Travis Moore, not safety anymore, but Travis Moore still, I believe, and it's just like, Wade, so many people that I can, like, talk to and shit, but, um, onto this, so there, there was one place where I wasn't booked, and I made a joke, and they didn't book me because they knew that there's a weird relationship with someone else, and they didn't want me to get heat or to get, uh, any flashback just for them booking me on that show, and, like, to be fair, I, I truly understand and I appreciate that, but, uh, for looking out for me because like sometimes you get stuck you don't see the forest past the trees and uh yeah it's a real great situation that i have these people in my life and i'm real happy about that i can turn to and look to that but since this i believe maybe my longest uh episode since i started these daily podcasts uh i'll give you i came up with an idea today and if you check my twitter and my instagram i kind of tease it I want to do 
I, this is the last wolf mask. I've bought like eight of them. They've all gone destroyed. I've not taken care of most of them. Sometimes like a fan or a wrestler has fucked it up accidentally. Josh Alexander in our first like main event match kicked it and he thought it was all rubber and as soon as he kicked it he heard the plastic so um but he reimbursed me because he's a nice fucking guy uh but i'm like okay that wolf mask is cool it got me some attention but like i'm not an animal i'm not a wolf like i have this weird i watched hail sane question mark uh netflix a documentary real fun watch and every time saneness get brought up they're always like good dudes like it's not, you shouldn't be evil, it's, don't make others feel bad, just don't be an asshole. And they're just trolls, like, I'm an atheist, but I feel there's a dude in there that's like, I was born Muslim, I became an atheist, thought that wasn't enough, and now I'm a Satanist. But every time Satanists get brought up, like, from a documentary or a book, they're actually put in a pretty good light that, I I feel like I miss some sort of community of religion, and, uh, yeah, I guess that's, uh, if I do become religious again, it'll be because I've become a Satanist. Hail Satan. Kidding. Right now I'm just an atheist. Nothing's real except pro wrestling. But, so I have this idea, though, of a character. I was at Party City two days ago, and they have, like, I've worn it before. It's a all-black, like, a sock you put on. It's almost like the, uh, green screen or the body suits, the morph suits. That's the word I'm looking for. And I'm trying to think, I'm like, maybe I'll be the faceless Holden Albright. And then I figured out, like, a tag for my promos. It's, I'm faceless, but not nameless, because my, my name's on my gear and shit. You should be afraid of the dark. You should also be afraid of the light. But most importantly, you should fear Holden Albright. And, like, it's this weird cult thing. It's this weird, like, protesting thing. It's just this weird, like, fight society. If you've ever watched or listened to the Rent musical, it's rising up. Uh, yeah, so, like, that's where I, I think the Holden Albright character is going to next. Because I'm trying to murder people and stuff, but now maybe it's this and, like, my gear might be different. I don't know. Um, I hate that I'm, like, three weeks away from my first match back and I'm going to have the same gear, but I might have... A different mask. But. Take away. Don't be an asshole. Wear a fucking mask. Now you know more about the word paradigm. And paradigm shifts. I hope this has uh, shifted your view on things. I hope you have enjoyed all these episodes. Don't be afraid to reach out to me. Like Daniel has. Like Rob Arbeck has. Like Justin Gilmy has. Which by the way. Check out Justin Gilman's podcast. Uh, he. I believe it's Wade or Travis he had on recently. Or, or one of. Uh arrow airstrike but uh yeah he he's such a fun podcast interview i remember when i asked him uh when i was on because whenever i'm on a podcast i end up interviewing the host because i'm curious i want to know who the fuck i'm talking to and i asked uh has he ever how many times has he shit himself as an adult because if you ask it that way instead of if everyone said it never have i've pooped myself five times since being an adult uh too much fiber most of the time and food poisoning the other half but uh, I'll tell those stories. If you want to hear those stories, message me saying, I want to hear your poop stories. And I will dedicate one of the daily episodes to that. But thank you so much once again for listening to this. Reach out to me. Oh, yeah. Jesse Gilman, his podcast was great. Uh, apparently, he almost pooped himself the first time he uh, went on a date with his now wife. But, yes, I will talk to you all soon. 
Thank you very much. Have a good morning. Have a good afternoon. Have a good evening. Have a good night. Just have a good day. Have fun. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Try to stay sane. The phone numbers and websites are still down below. Uh, I will have Daniel San on, if not in these daily episodes, by the end of the year, for sure. Daniel, if you're listening to this before I get a chance, uh, Skype would be best. Maybe even Instagram Live, but... uh, I really want to talk to you and just I have questions and I feel like you have things that you want the public to know about too from your own experiences and you're a great fan in the area. So uh, plugs and upcoming events actually. Have a good day and all that. But next weekend, Saturday, August 15th, NSW's back. Uh, Drive-ins, diners, and dropkicks, I believe it's called. Or drive-ins, drive-thrus, and dropkicks. I don't know. Solo Ali versus Pretty Ricky. Mark Wheeler versus a silhouette of someone that... I think it's Evan. But I don't know. That's what the silhouette looks like to me. I'm not looking at the card. I'm just remembering this. Stratosphere versus Taylor K. Dean. And others of, oh, Travis Moore versus Young Love, whose last match is Young Love. I don't know where he's going to be, but I know he's got a pair of uh, black trunks. So maybe it'll be like Young Boy, Andrew, whatever, or just Young Andy. But yes, uh, someone just got home, so my dogs are all barking. Uh, next Sunday, August 16th, Destiny is having a barbecue. I don't know if they're having an actual show. I think they're going to try to... Uh, they're going to try to uh, see what they can do. But you'll see people like Aiden Prince, Alexia Nicole. There will be live acts and performances on barbecue. It's a nice little community thing. Uh, they are sold out. And in Oshawa, August oh, yeah, August 29th, Alpha One Wrestling, they announced my match. I'm challenging for the Outer Limits title in a four-way against Jody Threat, BMD, and Stebra. All of these people have dropped me on my head. So I assume it will happen again, but I hope I leave with my championship again. Uh, it comes home. I'll be a two-time Outer Limits champion. Huh. This playlist is fucking a banger, Daniel. So I'll, I'll put a link for the playlist in the description also. Thank you once again. I truly appreciate all of you for taking the time to listen to this. Without me promoting this show at all from just subscribers and such, I've been getting about 30 downloads. So thank you, everyone that's been listening to this. Uh, this is the seventh episode. It's about paradigms. I think it's a good episode. It's fucking long as shit. But uh, I will be promoting this episode, so hopefully more people will be listening. That's I'll be promoting stuff, and uh, yeah, it'll be a good day. I think I want to interview uh, Tony Adams. I'm going to see if I can get that tomorrow. But yeah, take care. I uh, appreciate you all. I'm very grateful. Thank you. Have a good night. Holden Albright, Brendan Caulfield on things. Holden Pro, Brendan C. Thank you. Love you. Good night. My heart is barely what it used to be Barely what it used to be I wanna be a better me, a better man A better love, a better brother, better friend Put myself back together again Cause I still got a couple of sins And I got pretty lucky, made a whole bunch of money But I don't feel any better yet So I'm trying to do the best I can To be a better me, a better man Better me, a better man